and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing this time on Wednesday afternoon. Joining me from New York City is Tim Bontemps. Hello, fellas. And joining us now from Cologne, Germany. He's had planes, trains, and automobiles to get there from Slovenia today, where he's going to be watching the uh, pool play of the European Championships this week. It's Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. I, I made it despite my complete lack of understanding of how to go from a plane to a train with a uh, checked bag, but here we are. All right. Well, listen, it's not easy. It's not something you do every day in Germany. So um, so remind us real quick before we get into this, who who is in the group that you're going to be watching for the next week? Some pretty interesting teams and some some nba stars you're going to be watching yeah this is uh this is by far the toughest group and so the top four teams advance beyond group play and usually if you're a favorite that's no problem but they call this thing the group of death you have slovenia with luca france so right slovenia with luca and dragic france uh with gobert and fournier uh does not have nick batum who was the guy who had the block shot to prevent Slovenia from beating France. Does not have the, Victor uh, Wembayama. Does not have Victor, which um, certainly was disappointing to to me among a lot of other people who would have loved to see him on this stage, uh, like Luca was at uh, as an 18-year-old when Slovenia won the championship. Uh, anyway, so Slovenia, France, Lithuania, who has two very high-caliber NBA starting big guys and Valanciunas and Sabonis. Um, Germany, uh, who just beat Slovenia pretty soundly in a World Cup qualifying uh, game uh, that was in Munich the other day. Dennis Schrader, Franz Wagner, not Mo. Mo's banged up, but uh, Daniel those kind of the, Yeah, those. So the, yeah, those are the headliners there. They have Bosnia and help me with the pronunciation. Yusef Herzegovina. No, no. I'd, oh, dad. Oh, Bosnia. Bosnia Herzegovina. Yeah, I got Yusuf Nurkic. I was like, Yusuf Nurkic? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, they just beat France in a World Cup qualifying game. So clearly kind of saying, hey, we ain't just showing up to, to Europe. That game you know, was in Bosnia, to, to be cute, right? Okay, but, you know, Nurkic. Well, I'm just was saying, a, you know, like piece. these games, yeah. it's, it's hard to go on the road. It's hard to. It is. Well, Germany's got home court advantage here. But, yeah, my point is, you know, they beat France uh, coming off of a team coming off of a Silver medal run in the Olympics. And then yep. uh, Hungary, who uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and wager that Hungary's not making it out of here. Well, Hungary qualified for their World Cup last time around. I mean, they're not a slouch. I mean, but it's going to be hard. I agree. I was hungry when I got here and I just wolfed <laughs> down a full pizza. Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> I ordered Wiener schnitzel the other day uh, when I after I got done hiking lake around Lake Bled, the hills around Lake Bled which is absolutely stunningly gorgeous, by the way. And uh, so I ordered Wiener Schnitzel, and I thought they are going to bring out like a sausage-looking type of thing. They brought out no, something that looked like a damn chicken fried steak, and it was about the size of a hubcap. I also all ate right, all that. All right. First off, it's not actually a wiener. Secondly, it's I realized pork. that when it came out. It's I breaded pork. I got the turkey pork. version. I got okay. the turkey version. But I, I ate decision. all that too. All right. Oh, wow. When Wendy questioning my dietary decisions out here. Well, it's a you know I just I'd never heard of turkey schnitzel, but I guess it's. I, I also went to uh, I went to Luca's, what's supposedly Luca's favorite restaurant in uh, in I Ljubljana. Bet they serve beer. <laughs> they do. They serve beer. They they also serve 
uh, Chavapi. Are you familiar with this? It's Zero, like a, it's a, it's like a, it's a meat dish. It's like little kind of, I don't know what you call it, like almost wiener looking things of meat. And then they've got these oven baked beans that are delicious. Is this bread that's really good? I usually don't eat red meat, but I figured if I'm going to try to really understand the full Luca experience growing up in Slovenia, I had to had to make an exception there. Spectacular. All right. Yeah. Well, we have some action for uh, being the last week of um, of August in the NBA. By the time this comes out, it'll be uh, September. So welcome to September. Um, with the Knicks coming to terms with R.J. Barrett. Now, this is an unusual extension for a number of reasons, obviously, because RJ is in the midst of uh, the trade discussions on Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks, which definitely had picked up over the last week. And they were exchanging offers back and forth. And according to Woj, the Knicks basically set a, a deadline on Monday. Now it's Bontemps. It's an unusual time to come to terms on a rookie extension. Um, typically, you know, some of the guys will get it done right away in July and then, um, other times if they're, if they're, if a deal isn't done right away or within the first uh, seven to 10 days, we typically don't see the deals negotiated until September or even into October. And then at the deadline, uh, which is around October 15th, I don't know the exact day this year, October 15th, October 16th. Um, then we see another spate of deals get done. Um, I was talking to an agent of a player who is uh, extension eligible uh, with his team. And they, they had not even planned to even begin discussions until September. They touched base and agreed they were going to begin discussions. So it's an unusual time to even come to terms. And so this signing, which um, was for four years and 120 million, I believe 107 million is the guarantee, mm-hmm. um, which is actually similar and I mean, the uh, the incentives are not maybe exactly the same, but it's actually kind of almost in the exact same numbers as the Knicks signed Julius Randle to before last season. Um, you know, the guarantee is around $27 million a year and on average. And so before we talk about the quality of the contract, Bontemps, the timing of this signing is tied into these trade talks. And so the thing that I was wondering is the Knicks are under no rush to sign RJ Barrett. They can sign him up until mid October by signing him. Now, basically it's not impossible for him to be traded to, to Utah, but it's much harder. Um, why now? Well, I think the Knicks, you know, to their credit, there you go, McMahon for people listening to the pod. McMahon just did the, did the Brian. Why would they do that? Hand motion. If, it, if it wasn't on YouTube, I'd put two other fingers up towards you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, look, the Knicks, to their credit, ever since Rudy Gobert got traded, have been operating from a position of strength in these Donovan Mitchell trade talks, where they have mm-hmm. looked around, seen the market, seen that nobody can really come anywhere close to what they can offer. And rather than going to the wall and offering everything right away to get Donovan Mitchell on their team, They've looked at it and said, hey, we still got the best offer. And so we're going to hold firm and not offer everything to you guys and leave some stuff in the cupboard when we're done with these discussions. And if you can't find a deal with us, go find one with someone else. And, you know, as Woj reported, you know, clearly the Knicks set this deadline of either we're going to do this deal with RJ Barrett in it or we're going to sign him this extension. And, you know, Utah called their bluff on it. They signed him this extension. And 
you know, and talking to executives for weeks now about this trade, generally when these trades happen, you either have a pick dominated trade where you get a ton of draft picks and a little bit of player mm-hmm. equity or high value player equity and some picks. Right. And from the beginning, the jazz have been saying, we want both sort of like what the, the nets were saying. We want really good players, really good picks for Kevin Durant. Obviously Donovan Mitchell's a level below that, but they've been asking sort of the same thing for the Knicks. We want all your good young players. We want all your draft picks. If you <clears> don't <throat> have RJ Barrett in the deal, or you have RJ Barrett on what I think is a pretty good extension now in the deal. Now, to me, if you're the Knicks, you're saying, all right, if we're going to do some deal with you, we've still got other good young players. We've got Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin. And mm-hmm. we still have way more draft pick equity than Miami or Cleveland or any other team that's been mentioned can offer. So we've got enough to still do a deal, whether RJ's in it or not. And good luck trying to find a better deal somewhere else. So that's what I think is what's going on here. And honestly, I was a little surprised that the Jazz were that, and I don't want to say insistent, but that motivated to get R.J. Barrett just because we've talked about it. I wasn't certain that they would want to get somebody who they would have to uh, pay right away. But I, I agree with you. This can It certainly changes discussions. You can say complicates discussions, but it's still you, you're still getting back to the same conclusion that the Knicks can offer significantly the best offer uh, for Donovan Mitchell, they can put together by far the best package for Donovan Mitchell. Um, whether it's, it's it's dominated by picks, you know, they still have some really intriguing young talent. A combination thereof, uh, they can be flexible to salary. You know, if if we're talking, you know, we talked last week about potential uh, for a a significant trade between the Jazz and, and the Lakers, and we didn't have the Pat Beverly trade in mind, although that ended up happening uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. But, you know, still the Lakers could be involved here as a, as a three-team deal. Um, I mean, there's a there's a lot of ways for this to get done. I think that if you're looking at it, though, all those ways point down to Mitchell being in Madison Square Garden. Well, you guys, you know how I've been talking about with this uh, stuff over the summer. Judge, judge teams on their actions, not their words. Mm-hmm. So, what do the actions here tell us? The actions here tell us that the Knicks didn't really want to trade RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. And so by signing him, uh, they, they may have wanted to try to force the jazz into, into accepting whatever deal they had on the table. That may definitely may have been, but they also just didn't want to trade him. And the, the if they, if they wanted to leave him as an option to be traded, they would have just waited on the, I mean, they obviously mm-hmm. negotiated this contract. It wasn't, it wasn't finalized on Monday morning. It was finalized sometime before mm. that. Um, right. He was only going to be in a trade that the Knicks would make on their terms. That's right. And so now they're like, okay, well, then he's not going to be in the trade, which tells me the Knicks didn't really want to trade him. And again, it tells me that the Jazz, regardless of what the posturing might be, didn't prioritize getting him. Now, I'm not right. saying that they didn't want him, but if they had prior, if, if getting RJ Barrett, had been the big priority for the Jazz, then they would have traded for our, Donovan Mitchell for a package yep. around R.J. Barrett. So again, we're going to go back to where we were last week. The Jazz actions have indicated that what they want is New York Knicks unprotected picks. And picks, 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 picks. But specifically those unprotected ones. And taking R.J. out of it might make it even easier for the Jazz to continue mm-hmm. to focus on that. All right, so... As that saga continues to unfold, let's talk about the value of this contract that we see um, the Knicks got for R.J. Barrett. Now, Bontemps, you have talked in the past about while he is 
something that is very valuable in today's NBA, which is a wing player who can play both ends of the court. He's not elite at either end, although there are times when he demonstrates elite scoring. He is not elite defensively, but does play, does have some positive attributes on defense that we assume will get better. He's, he doesn't shoot at a high percentage. He's not an efficient scorer. Um, so I don't think the, the, I don't think he had demonstrated that he was going to be a max level player. Um, having said that he is in high de- players like him are in high demand and should he have not signed with the Knicks and he'd stayed healthy this season, he certainly would have gotten interest on the market next year with so much space. So the Knicks getting him at this number, um, which you know how I feel. I feel that you know you evaluate a tr- you evaluate a contract. You know if you have to trade that contract, could you trade it? Um, now, not right now. Maybe right now because he's subject to the poison pill rules that manipulate how much his contract is actually valued in trades. It makes it harder to complete a trade. Um, we won't get into that, but I do think R.J. Barrett, from what we know about him, can be traded on this contract. Bond temps. So I sit here. My initial viewpoint of this is RJ Barrett guaranteed himself over a hundred million dollars and the Knicks signed a player that into a contract that to me is a value contract, you know, a year from now when this kicks in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, uh, RJ's not a superstar, but like you, you laid it out in today's NBA, Every team is looking for solid two-way wing players. It's the hardest thing to find in the league. We talked, you know, I remember if it was last week or the week before about the Cavs and the, you know, what's going on in segment. And imagine how much the Cavs would love to have a guy like R.J. Barrett at the three. Like, he'd be so much Hmm. better than any guy they've had come through there over the past few years. Like, it's just really hard to find solid, dependable, healthy two-way wing players. R.J. Barrett plays a ton of minutes. He's a solid defender. Obviously, he could be a little more efficient offensively. I'm curious to see what he looks like with a guy like Jalen Brunson on the team, an actual point guard that they could kind of run the offense Mm -hmm. through instead of him having to have the ball. I think if he's playing in a little bit more of a supporting role where he's getting more catch-and-shoot opportunities, he's going to shoot a little better. And look, Otto Porter five years ago signed a max deal that's essentially the same guaranteed money that RJ signed for right now. And RJ, you know, is not like he could have signed probably $25 million more total if he'd waited till next summer and gotten a four-year max with where the cap is going. So to get him at a decent rate under the max, to get him locked up for the next four years, it to me, I, I really like it for the Knicks. And it continues to put them in a position where if they do trade for Donovan Mitchell and they keep him, you've got him and then you've got Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett on with the cap going up pretty good long-term deals that you can either have as part of your team going forward, or you could potentially flip if you need a clear space to get a star. So I think it's a really good move by them. And, and, and RJ Bear is 22 years old, you know, still obviously a, a lot of room for development, a lot of room for growth. Um, I don't think that he's going to ever be the a number one type of option on a, on a good team. But I think he can be an extremely good third or fourth offensive option. And, you know, if the Knicks are able to pull off the Donovan Mitchell trade, that's what they'll be asking him to do. And if you have a guy who plays both ways, uh, is dependable, can can play a lot of minutes, and, uh, you know, and can be that third or fourth option, that's not a number. 
Well, look, look at what Andrew Wiggins did for the Warriors this year. And obviously they're both Canadians. They're both from the GTA. So like you, there's a lot of obvious comparisons there, but like to me, RJ Barrett could down the road easily fill a role like that. If he's on a high level team where he's your third or fourth scorer, he's a solid wing defender. He plays a ton of minutes. He works. Re- he's a really hard worker. Like, you know, I, I think it's a good contract for the Knicks. I, I think mm-hmm. overall they've had a pretty good summer, especially and they've, and they've done a good job of sticking to their guns on what they want to do and not overreacting to the availability of Donovan Mitchell and not panicking and looking at the market and saying we could set a price right. and nobody else can reach it. So we're just going to be happy to, you know, get in a staring contest with the jazz and see what happens. I, I think they've done a good job. Wendy, you're on mute brother. So sorry. The Mitchell Robinson Te- contract is hard. <laughs> Yes, I know. I don't have my technique. Your technical team isn't with you there. You still yeah, didn't really were able to figure that out. Not to, not to interrupt you, but Mitchell Robinson over the next four years, 17 million, 15, 6, 14, 3, 12.9. Another solid right. contract, descending contract. Like they've, right. they've done the a way, nice job. This was descending. Jalen uh, Brunson, no, you mean? Jalen Brunson. That's what they, I mean. They, Oops. Yeah, they, str- they were <laughs> able to. They're small yeah, guard they, that's going to be the next year for them. Yeah, they did some arbitrage with their draft picks, which they like to do. Um, you know, they ended up yielding out of a lottery pick, but that gave them um, future first to trade with. And um, mm-hmm. the contract that they signed Brunson to is, it's a tradable. Would you think it's a tradable contract? Could I give that a yes. thumbs up? Or I, yeah, I, I, I believe so. it. I believe it is. It's descending. And I think people freaked out about the number. He's going to be middle of the pack among starting point guards and salary. And I think he's going to be at least an above average starting point guard. People, right. people I, forget that the cap has been flat for three or four years. The cap is going up. This year it went up $12 million. The TV deal is coming in a couple of years. The cap is going up, and people have not started mm-hmm. to factor that in. To McMahon's point, a couple of years, that Jalen Brunson deal is not going to look bad at all. I don't think it looks terrible now. In a couple of years, it's and, really going to look pretty I, good. And I know, that the, I know that Julius Randle had a poor year last year, and if he has mm-hmm. another poor year this year, that contract is going to take a – you know, right now it's – it's not, it's not in great shape, but I still thought at the time it was a, a decent value contract. And even though he's not going to have to be an all NBA player to be valuable on that contract. So um, the, the, the eventual potential Donovan Mitchell trade is probably going to largely define the Leon Rose era, or at least this, Mm -hmm. this, you know, his time as you know, in the early years, if it's a long, you know, that's, it's such an important potential transaction but if you look at, you know, the Knicks have not had tremendous lottery luck, obviously, even the year where RJ, um, they got and, you know, hit the lottery, so to speak. They got the third pick in the year where Zion and Ja were one, two. And they had the worst RJ, record in the league. Right. Um, so they've, you know, there's been, so, I know it sort of feels like two steps forward, one step back, but um Seeing I want to say signing, the Knicks haven't moved up in the draft since they got Patrick Ewing. I think that's the step. You know, this this transaction is going to be big, and I don't. And I think that they, they sort of one of the things about the Knicks that has happened over and over and over in the last twenty years or thirty years, twenty years that I can say because that's when I've covered the NBA, is that they just haven't been able to stick to plans. They come up with a plan mm-hmm. and then they just they pull the ripcord on it. The one time they so had a plan. They Carmelo became available and James Dolan stepped in and blew up the Donnie Walsh plan and they gave up well, they, everything they had, had to get Carmelo. Plans. 
They've had many plans. I'm just saying they've, that's the one time they they spent two years saving cap space. They got Amari. They had assets. They were building up slowly. They had yeah. that great first half of that 2010-11 season. And then Carmelo became available and then everything got thrown that's out true, the window. But also Amari's knee. Well, I mean, yeah. I, other it was a big risk too. to sign him. Yeah. All right. We won't other go things down happened that too, history. but but right. they're but that was the one time they sort of stuck to a plan, and that was for two years. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, that's the most recent chapter in uh, the Knicks, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, who knows how many more there are, there will be. All right. Before we move on, it's trivia time. Trivia time, Tim Bontemps. Yes. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. It's time for a Hoop Collective Trivia. So, uh, to set up our uh, coming segment, the uh, what, what is going on segment, uh, where we're going to talk about the Kings, uh, everybody's favorite sleeper team to maybe finally break their playoff drought. Um, no one ever says Mark everybody's favorite. favorite sleeper. I was, yeah, I was, being sarc- I was being sarcastic. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, there, I have a couple short questions about playoff droughts. Who... The Kings obviously have the league's longest playoff drought, as we all know. Been out of the haven't made the playoffs since 2006. Who's second on that list? Active or yeah, active, active playoff okay. drought, not Sacramento because that everybody Good knows question. that. Good question. Okay. I'm um, scanning. This. Is it the Charlotte Hornets? That is correct. Wow, dude, I am six, so. I mean, come on, six I years. am like historically dominant. <laughs> <laughs> now totally dominant. there there are we should, three teams we should build a show, show. <laughs> we should build a show on my man like they did with schwab 
years, all those yes. years ago. There are three teams that are currently <laughs> tied for the longest uh, drought without a playoff series victory. Well, the Mavericks got off of that list if they were on it, but it had been a while for them without a playoff series victory. Yep. So, okay, Charlotte's one of those. Charlotte's one. Well, the Knicks haven't in a decade. The Knicks haven't uh, won in nine years. They are not in the top five. Okay. Okay. De- Detroit? Detroit is fourth, 14 years. Minnesota. Not one of the three. Minnesota's one of them. Okay. Because <laughs> they've only won a playoff series in their life. That's right. Um, they've actually only won two, both in the same year. That's right. That's right. Um, which is the three years the years teams are tied. Orlando's another one. Orlando's fifth. The other team is pretty obvious. We, oh, Sacramento. Sacramento's the other one. Oh, I'm sorry. I okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, one final question because I think it's interesting. Who is the current longest drought without making the conference finals? Well, uh, those teams. None of those teams. Well, none of those teams. Two teams have never made it. Right. Charlotte's one of them. They have never made it. The Pelicans are the other. They've never made I was it. Say, okay. Okay. I didn't know if but, that, but, but there's a team that has not made the playoffs in longer than the Hornets have been in existence. They are the, you mean the, the finals. The conference uh, Utah finals. Jazz. Not the Jazz. Jazz have made the NBA. That's right. Darren Williams made it. Yep. 15 years. Um, not made the conference finals. Not made the conference finals. <clears throat> the Knicks? Knicks are third, 22 years. Charlotte's oh, second. The, Clip- the Clippers snuck in two years ago, right? In the bubble they were in. The, the Clippers. The Clippers. Uh, no, they lost. The Clippers the bubble. have not made the conference finals. Uh, yeah, they made the conference finals in 21. They lost right. without. <clears throat> That's right. Okay. All right. That was the first time they ever made it. Is that, that right? That was the first time they made it. Yep. Okay. Is it? No. Well, I was going to say the Bulls, but that's not right. Not the Bulls. Hmm. It's longer than 32 years. So that should, that cuts out a lot of teams right there. Philadelphia. No. Last time no, they made it was 2001. 2001. All right. right geographic area, though. The, oh, the Clipper <laughs> or the Wizards. The Wizards. It's like seven, it's like the seven, 19, 1979. 43 when they years. won the title. That's right. Wow. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, they beat they beat the Spurs in the finals. Wow. So there you go. A lot of playoff know. playoff misery trivia to lead into our segment about the team that's defined <laughs> by playoff misery, the Sacramento Kings. Right. Um, okay. So, and our uh, the latest team for the uh, what's going on in Sacramento. Why would they do that? Very strange trade. Why would you do that? An interesting offseason for the Kings in kind of a positive way. So let's I think go over had some a solid offseason. Yeah, for sure. So, a couple of, let's go over it a little bit. So, first off, they uh, hired Mike Brown as head coach. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Brown has had been uh, lead assistant with the Warriors for. Five years, um, at least five or longer. six. Yeah, well, well respected. Um, getting uh, another uh, chance after coaching the Cavs twice and Lakers once. Um, uh, then on draft night, they held a um, the key pick 
the fourth pick, um, where there was question about whether they would go with Jaden Ivey, who a lot of people had penciled in as number four on the mock drafts, or they would trade back. And instead, they went with Keegan Murray out of Iowa, um, who was still like believed to be right there. That wasn't a reach at all. It was just a, a matter of whether they were going to um, – you know, whether they were going to draft for need or they were going to draft, you know, the best player. And, you know, from everything I've heard, like, regardless of that, they just had Murray higher on their board. I mean, he was um, awesome in Vegas for whatever that's worth. He, right. was really he played good. in Vegas and in the California classic. Am I right? I think so. Um, Not positive. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, he yeah. shot 40. And, and, and he uh, looks really good in, the, in summer leagues. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. So he, now this, I, you know, he averaged nine, three point attempts a game in summer league. Now he obviously he's, going to be the featured guy on their roster, at least in the Vegas summer. Like that's what those the stats that I have. And he he shot 40%. So he shot the ball, you know, very well. Also shot the ball really well uh, from the field overall. Um, And was one of the standouts of summer league. Um, Doesn't always mean anything, but it's, it's much better when your guy uh, looks good. Um, Average 23 points in four Vegas summer league games. Like I said, 50% shooting from the field, 40% from three. Also rebounded the ball pretty well in um, in 32 minutes, uh, averaged uh, seven rebounds. So that draft pick, uh, obviously going with a, a bigger guy there, um, uh, you know, so they're certainly going to watch him. Um, Malik Monk, they signed with their mid-level exception. Um, I thought they got decent value on him. Uh, $9 million a year over two. I think they gave him a two year deal for 9 million or so a year. Yep. Um, then they, uh, you know, in the, the whole thing with them was the decision to, to trade, uh, Tyrese Halliburton for Demata Sabonis. Sabonis, um, they also, they also traded for Kevin Herter too. Ah, ah, yes. That's what I I was missing. So traded a future first for Kevin Herter or did they just, they absorbed him into space. Right. What did they, they traded a future out? pick? I'm looking up the exact terms on they it. Was did. it a second. It says maybe a second. No, it was a future first. No, it's uh, a first that it's a first that becomes seconds eventually. I'm just looking up the terms while you're talking. Right. Um lottery yeah, protected, always... lottery protected in 24, tw- top 12, 25, top 10 and 26 becomes two seconds after that. Okay. So reasonably good value for a quality off the bench score. Although I guess he possibly could start, but I, you know, I don't know, but solid, um, solid wing player, solid, solid contract. One wonders why they wouldn't have just traded Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign and trade uh, for Kevin Herter two years ago, but that's, let's move on from that. Um, So um, they've added some talent. They've added some talent. Um, The question is, have they added enough talent? to break this drought. Um, uh, McMahon, uh, I do think that there is a measure of excitement in Sacramento that this could be it. This could be the, this could be the time for the, for the Kings to step forward. Um, what do you think about where they are after this uh, offseason? Did you see that picture of the jubilant Kings fans coming out of a California classic win? And the guy said, we're going to win 40 this year, baby. <laughs> I think, that's a, I think it was not said in irony hopes. either. It was not no, said in irony. Oh, they, dude, they, they have not won 40. They are better than they've been. And I think we are giving some pretty faint praise. This team. Games 
And I'm scrolling on Basketball Reference. 2005-06. So the last time they made the playoffs is the last time they were over 500? Some, yeah, last time they were over 500. We've set our piece on the uh, Halliburton deal. Um, look, Cabonis is a really good player, and we'll see if he signs an extension with him. But if that's a rental, that's that's a mess. And if they're not winning, I think they're in danger of it being a rental. One thing I'm very curious to see is what ends up happening with Harrison Barnes. He's on a, about an $18 million expiring contract. I do think he's a sort of a, I mean, not he's a lockdown, he's a decent defender, a pretty good offensive player. I do think, he, you know, great locker room guy. I think he's a guy who would be attractive to uh, teams that are contenders potentially. Uh, I'm curious to see if they can flip him in to something else or if they tried, you know, he was, he was in a lot of trade rumors last year. If they try to flip him in to something else, I, I think right now though, what they have is a core that can be competitive, but it's not a top eight team in the Western conference, no matter well, how much Mark Spears crows about it. Well, he's not the only one. Our guy, Chris Mannix was saying they're going to make the playoffs the other day. There's been this weird push for them to make the playoffs. I'm just, we're just going to play a game and just go through unless how many teams we think are better than the Kings or, or the Kings are better than. Okay. Is Phoenix better than the Kings would say? Yes. Is Memphis <laughs> yes. better? Yes. yes. Golden state, uh, yes. Dallas, Denver, yes. Minnesota, yes. the Pelicans, yes. the Clippers, yes. the Lakers, yes. The Blazers. Yes. Well, they would argue that, about maybe the late. They would argue they could probably. Uh, I'm. I'll leave the Blazers as a maybe. So we got to eight teams that are 100 percent better, and I. Think, I don't know if the Lakers, as currently constructed, are well, no, guaranteed I'm saying better than them. The Lakers and the Blazers are ninth and tenth on our okay. list, and we right. think they're better, mm-hmm. but they could maybe have some flaws. I personally That's think. Right. If the Blazers are healthy, they're clearly a better team. Like, so let me ask you this: if if the Kings make the play-in tournament but get bounced, will there be a banner in that beautiful new arena that I've been? I don't know if there'll be a banner, but that there won't be be a banner. But it would be a great year. It would be celebrated. Why why not a banner? I think there should be a banner. (laughs) There might be. I mean, look, I feel Kings fans are great. I feel really bad that for the run of stretch. I was looking through that franchise index where you're looking at it, their wins. In this 16-year playoff drought, they've won less than 30 games eight times. Like half the years they missed the playoffs, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, it's just been a miserable experience. So one time they get the high pick, they draft Marvin Bagley. They don't draft, you know, they they miss out on Luca. They miss out on Trey Young. They miss mm-hmm. out on Jaron Jackson Jr. Like they, it's just been a rough a rough, rough stretch for them, but they miss out on trading down, which they easily could have done. Right. They could have done that too, but you know, Keegan Murray is interesting. We'll see if Mike Brown could get them to defend the last two years. have been the bottom five in defense. They've generally been one of the worst defensive teams in the league. <laughs> it's just more than the last two years. <laughs> well, right. But Mike Brown should help them be better in that area. I, my problem is just looking at their team. Like, I, I just like, they are going to be a, a okay regular season team. The West is just really tough. And again, on a night to night basis, like, you know, they just don't really have anybody to guard these good players on the other team. They have no real interior presence. If you're playing Demonis Sabonis at center, like your defense is probably going to stink. We'll see what happens with Rashawn Holmes. Things ended pretty rough last year with him. Maybe that'll get better this year. 
um, and he'll be part of the the rotation again. But like they, I just think it's going to be a struggle for them, even with Mike Brown, hopefully giving them some more defensive uh, structure to really be able to guard well enough to compete with these teams in the West to be better. Like to me, if you go down Portland's roster, like Dame, Yusuf Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, if Nasir Little, uh, he looked really good last year before he got hurt. He could take a step forward this year. Like, I think they're going to, they have Anthony Simons. They just have Anthony. Right. They have Anthony Simons. They signed Gary Payton. He'll be able to help them defensively. Like I think Portland's clearly better. Yeah. I agree. So like we're talking like their best case scenario, like now they're Sacramento might be in a bit of a gap where like the teams below them in the West are really going to be bad. Like Oklahoma, Houston, um, San San Antonio. Antonio. Uh, I can't think who the other team is. Somebody else that's Utah. Oh, and in Utah, they're they're going to stink too, almost certainly. Utah. So Sacramento's probably in a bit of a gap by themselves in eleventh, but if they're in a gap by themselves in eleventh, they're still not in the playing tournament. So well, well, some of those teams in front of them could have injuries. Worst case scenario. Yeah, but look, I will say this. Right, Herder and Monk. I, I think they're. I think they're a late lottery team again next year, or a a late, you know, is that progress? I don't know. I I don't know if you can say that. Herter and Monk are two guys that they got at no cost in terms of their roster. Both of those guys are guys who can can upgrade their depth for sure. And and they're going to have games where they're going to, they're going to score 30 points or 25 points and make a big difference. Last year, the Kings were 24th in offense and they were 27th in defense. For this team to have a chance to be good, that offense has got to be top half, right? That's got to be their path to being a, a solid team, is like between De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis and Monk and Keegan Murray and Herder, that they just score a lot of points. Like, Barnes. if they can do that, they can finish somewhere between 10th and 15th in well, offense. It would also help okay. if, if De'Aaron Fox was healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. I mean, he's yep. missed 20-plus games. Um, it's a big proven year for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's um, the expectations for him are, are weighing down on him, and we'll see what happens there. The thing, interesting thing about Sabonis, so he has one year left on his contract, or two years, this year and next. He is extension eligible, but he's one of these guys who's in this donut hole, uh, like Jalen Brown is in. We talked about that in the past, like DeJounte Murray was in, um, where he's, as a multi-time all-star and one of the best players on this team, he especially with the cap going up, as Bontemps referenced, he is probably worth more uh, on the open market than he can extend for. The difference is they can renegotiate and extend him next summer, in theory. Using cap space. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Celtics have done. But he's eligible to use it. He's eligible to sign an extension now. um, But it would probably be surprising if he does sign it. So how he performs this year and how he fits is something to monitor. Are um, we, are we sure that he would get more than like, because he would be so eligible to sign for I'm something. Not. You've, you've, you've been down on him. Like you're not down on him, but you, you've never, you've never been a, a big believer in him. I think he's an, I think he's a great player. I agree. He's not your, he's not a number one. I just think um, the problem, I think, he is sort of an old archetype of an NBA player, Mm -hmm. right? As like a really an awesome offensive power forward. Who's a minus on defense, right? Like that archetype of player has just sort of it's, it's become 
sort of uh, archaic thing in today's NBA where you don't, it's hard to win with that kind of player. You have to have very specific pieces around him, like a Miles Turner, right? Like in, in Indiana, that was sort of the optimal situation. You have an athletic center who can make up for his shortcomings on defense, who can also space the floor on offense, so he can operate inside. There just are not right. a lot of those guys, and he was probably in the best situation he was in. So what I was going to ask was, like, John Collins signed for around $25 million a year. Demonis Sabonis could extend for around $25 million a year. Are we sure? I think it's like, I think it's like 24. It's yeah, somewhere in that but... ballpark. Are we sure he's got a higher market than that? I'm, I'm not because I agree with you. I think it's a tough fit to have him be a centerpiece player if you are trying to be a good team. You know, uh, he's like, 26 years old, a two-time all-star, high yeah, efficiency. Yeah, he's player. never listen, never I, never won a playoff series. He's he's an outstanding offensive player. No, I mean it's kind. I mean it is kind of his it's fault. It's difficult to build kind of, around him. Yeah, it's kind of his fault because of the player he is. Like Nikola I, I, Vucevic I could be. Nikola Vucevic is a similar type of player. He extended a couple years ago for four for a hundred, roughly, with the Magic. Like, I think that's kind of what. Sabonis's mm-hmm. market is like I think it's more real. Like I, I'm not saying he will extend because I think they're in a situation where, to your point, Brian, like Sacramento traded Tyrese Halliburton for him. They have a desire to keep him. They have the potential to have some cash space next summer. They could renegotiate him up, give him more money. But I just think if you get him to the open market, is there going to be a rush of teams trying to pay him thirty five million dollars a year? I. I don't know. I, I, just, I, I, don't I don't see, see it. it. I don't think he can be the best player on a good team. I agree with that. That's not in question. But I mean, look, he got he got he's been poo pooed a lot because he got traded for 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 Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very accomplished player. I watched him a lot when he was in Indiana. Um, he's been a part, a central part of a lot of victories. Um, he Does you know, he was playoffs. in a two. Okay, I agree. I mean, I agree. He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but you know, he was voted as an All Star twice by the coaches for a reason. And yeah, listen, he's a he was a, he's really a good player in the Eastern really Conference. Liked, when the Eastern Conference stunk, I really like I mean, watching. That keeps getting qualified. Like, like okay, I got that. I, got I really it. like watching him play. He's a fun player to watch. He's he's a very talented offensive player. Again, that's a different thing than what is his market value. All right. Well, we're gonna hear from. Uh, McMahon after he watches and play for Lithuania when he is the best player on the team uh, for the next week. So prepare that scouting report. Don't you, uh, don't you talk bad about Valanciunas. Don't you talk. Don't, don't listen. Don't, where do you see those Lithuanian fans? You, the Lithuanian fans are amazing. I'm jealous, and, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nicole. Yeah. Where do you see those Lithuanian fans? They bring, I, I don't know if they'll be allowed to bring the drums, but when I've been to games, they bring the drums. So I don't know if they're still, if that's illegal or not. Oh, the Slovenians uh, right. bring the drums too. Is that Zoos, right? All kinds of good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, Lithuanian fans are historically well known for their uh, for, um, mm-hmm. for 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 their support. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. 
Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, before we go, uh, Bontemps uh, still, it, Bontemps' output in August has been, you know, admirable. I just got off of a four-day golf trip. Bontemps is continuing to publish stories. Um, <laughs> Some of us work. Some of us don't. He is going to get the award, the coveted August star for NBA.com. He, 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 he's the August MVP. <laughs> that's like that's he's like, like he's like Sabonis. the MVP of the proams. <laughs> it's gonna be like Sabonis in uh, in Cologne this week. He's gonna be the uh, the September MVP. Okay, Ooh, when um, are you making a prediction? Yeah, that's right. Um, so no, I think probably Luca. I might I might lean towards Luca, especially with what the team needs from him to win. Okay, so uh, Bontemps, you had a story. You've done this before. Um, set this up for us before we uh, talk about what this uh, showed. Yeah, so every offseason, I pull a bunch of coaches, scouts, and executives and sort of get a temperature check on where the league stands on a variety of subjects from who's the best player in the league to who's going to be the MVP to who the best player in a few years is going to be, who the best rookie in a few years in this year's class is going to be to um, best or worst offseason, who's going to win the title, that kind of stuff. So just general, ju- try to get a general temperature check of where people in the league think, think stand a few weeks before the start of the season. Right. Okay. So you talked to like, uh, like a, more than a dozen executives. Yeah. Something? I got 15 total of 15 coaches, scouts and executives to okay. ask them stuff. All right. So um, I think the two questions you have right off the bat are two of the most interesting questions. Who is the best player in the NBA right now? Um, last year, do you remember who got this last year? Durant and Giannis split. I did 10 votes last year or 10 people last year. Durant and Giannis split five votes each this year. Giannis got 11. Steph got three and LeBron got one. Hmm. The big news there is five more people are willing to take Bontemps' calls. <laughs> There's a lot more time this summer than last summer. when we had like two weeks for it between seasons again. That's true. Um, backlash on Durant uh, not making it in here. Um, well, he also, I think he also struggled think in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, durability yeah. matters, and he also got completely outplayed in the playoffs by Jason yeah. Tatum. So, Giannis, know. meanwhile, was just spectacular in the playoffs, and then Curry uh, also with the uh, Finals MVP. Um, Luca, no votes. Yeah, that uh, that actually was interesting to me. But you know what? Those guys are proven championship players and and, yeah. and Luca and the NBA has not gotten to that point yet. There's eight MVPs here. Giannis has two, Curry has two, LeBron has four. So Yeah. And if um, and if and if the Warriors hadn't had the run they did to the finals and won the way they did and the way Steph played, I think Giannis probably would have had either unanimous votes or 
awfully close to it. You know, LeBron probably still gets one, but like Giannis is pretty universally at this point, I think considered the best player. Well, and, and you can say, okay, no Luca, but Hey, uh, Jokic, he's a guy who's been MVP the last couple of years. What about Joel Embiid's guy that, uh, that, that Daryl Morey is bad mouthing folks who didn't vote for the last two years. <laughs> so, I mean, there's some, you know, there, there's yeah. a few well, a lot of good players. Who, or at least in be the careful about what Daryl says about his own players. That, that you know, point being, you know, certainly if you look at the MVP voting the last two years, those two guys are, you know, have sure. been one two, and they weren't, uh, they didn't get any votes. So that's interesting. That's true. And we'll talk about Jokic again here in a second. Who's the best player in the NBA in five years? Five years from now, Giannis edges Luca seven to six with Tatum mm. getting two votes. Again, I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was fascinating. Tatum got a couple votes and a couple other people brought him up. Uh, Tatum obviously had a great mm-hmm. year. I didn't quite expect him to get that much support for that award or that that question. And I thought it was interesting that Giannis ended up with more votes than Luca. I thought Luca was going to mm-hmm. get basically every vote. Um, and I, I don't think it's a criticism right. of Luka that he didn't, but like there's some evidence, at least amongst of, this amongst this sample, that this sample isn't in the biggest Luca fans. I wouldn't say that. I mean, everybody brought him up in some form. To me, I oh, think it's more. I, agree, but... I think it's more of a statement of where Giannis stands among Fair. people that they think he's still going to be that good in five years. And I also think, you know, the the biggest thing that came up was a lot of people wanted to pick Luca and ultimately didn't because of his deficiencies on defense. And I think that's sort of the thing that I'm curious to watch over the next year or two is does he sort of go in the James Harden direction of being sort of an all one way player. That's, you know, just trying not to be a complete liability on defense or can he get his defense a little bit North of that to being a, you know, not awesome defender, but something more closer to Steph where he's decent than just not awful. So I don't think what you just said was fair about James Harden, honestly, because I think when the Rockets were the best, I think, and their their scheme was totally built to protect Harden and kind of enhance what he did well, specifically with this switching because he was an absolute elite post defender. He right. was, you know, active hands, those kind of things. Um, I, I, you know, there, there was a point where Harden was not a minus defensive player. All right. Uh, um, you guys know that I'm a big, big believer in Jason Tatum. I believe he is finals MVP caliber player could have been this year finals MVP. He didn't get it done clearly in the finals. He didn't play his best. Um, the Celtics mm-hmm. didn't play their best. Um, watching how Tatum reacts to that first major setback is, I mean, I'm not saying this is a make or break season for him at all, to be right. clear, but like, you know, we're going to learn a lot about what Tatum's ceiling is going to be and how he reacts to it this year. Big, I mean, I'm not saying that I would have voted for, I probably would vote for Doncic here, uh, yeah. although I'm not debating Giannis because, um, you know, but if you're asking me, you know, Doncic's skill level is just so incredible that I just think it's going to be hard to and, deal and, with him. And you're talking about but, 32 versus 28. Now, right. you know, it is fair to say, hey, Giannis at 32, I trust what his assisting levels be. I trust that he's not going to break down because he is a, you know, so in such great shape and just such a physical uh, specimen. And it's absolutely 100% fair to say, hey, 
I don't know if Luke is going to continue to get better because I don't know if it's going to be an annual thing where he has to play his way into shape. Now, playing Euro basket until a week and a half before training camp certainly is a uh, positive thing for conditioning. Yeah. So I'm just, 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 but my point is just Tatum is on people's minds here is mm -hmm. I think is there, is a, another reminder to watch Tatum this year. I think Tatum, how Tatum approaches this year is so important. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he's I think he's got a pretty good chance to be the MVP of the league this year. I think they got a chance to win a million ah, regulars. Well, very good. We'll Let's get to bring that, that up in, because we'll get we'll get, we'll get to that in a ahead. second. But I just want to I just want to reinforce something that I said before. And that the thing like every single person who I talked to for that question brought Luca up. But yeah, it was the two way ability of Giannis and Tatum that ultimately was in, you know, other factors overall. But it was the defensive component that had people pick them. And I do think Stefan Harden is sort of, to me, the question to look at with Luca and that like, you're right, McMahon, James, they did a good job of sort of finding ways to maximize what James is good at, but they had to build their entire system to make up for what he wouldn't do and what he couldn't do on defense. And Steph well, just the became Mavericks a will build their whole system to put Luke in positions to where his slow feet aren't just easily exploited. No, I get that. I all, lateral quickness uh, defensively, at least. Yeah, I get that. I guess my point is the Warriors didn't really have to do that with Steph. Like, I'm not saying Steph's not Gary Payton. I'm not trying to make him out to be the greatest defender of all time, but he became decent. And like, if Luca can go that way and like just be get to decent and not have to be like covered up for like that in the way that the Rockets had to do for Harden, I think that's sort of the kind of difference we're talking about. Because James Harden at his peak is one of the best offensive players I've ever seen in the league. So, All right, who will be the MVP this season? Giannis Antetokounmpo wins again. Boy, this group loves Giannis. Hmm. Who could blame them? Luca, yeah, right. uh, Giannis gets five votes. Luca four. Embiid four. You guys know how I feel about Embiid. Curry one and Ja one. More interestingly, Jokic no vote. No. And every um, single person said Jokic ain't winning three in a row, which I agree with. They well, would have to I've win seventy down games. This road. I've been yeah. down this road, you know, like with Giannis. You know, it wasn't like Giannis had a trash year last year. Yeah. Um, this the standard after you've won two in a row. Why is yeah. it is the higher standard for three as opposed to two? I don't know. LeBron won two in a row twice. And, you know, very simply, you know, he changed teams the one year. And that could have been the reason why he didn't win. Although Derrick Rose had a great year. But um, the, for There's some reason, reason it hasn't happened since Larry Bird. Right. In the mid 80s. Also, fair or not, um, the fact that it, uh, Joker's won two in a row and he's not been to the finals, I think that people are just going to have a very hard time voting for him for a third straight year. And say it shouldn't be that way, but I think that's just the reality of the situation. Well, to me, uh, I talked about watching Tatum this year as being one of the things. I think the Philly 76ers are going to be a fascinating team to watch. I, I, I'm watching what Harden is able to do where he's appears to re rededicate himself, watching how good Tyrese Maxey is able to do in the third year potential leap zone that we see so many players, whether he can take another leap or not. Um, you know, they've, they've added that team. They're a team that I'm, um, I'm very interested to see how they do a lot. You know, um, there's a bunch of teams who fit that bill, but they're a team I'm very interested in seeing. And so um, you guys know that I've, I've been a big believer in Joel the last two years, but um, 
Well, Philly and Boston mm-hmm. are set up to win a ton of regular season games. And if you, if they finish they're I think they're both going to probably finish top three in the East. And I think Boston's got a chance to win 60 plus games. You win 60 plus games. You got a really good chance to win MVP. So, you know, I, I think th- those are probably the two best bets for me on the board to win are him and Embiid because they are, if they're healthy, their team should be really good and they're going to have a lot of support. I okay. think Luke is going to have a really good chance. Um, I think if the Mavericks are, and this is a big if, but if they're a top four team in the West after losing Brunson, then I think Luke is going to have a... Uh, he will win a, MVP a, a, if that happens. Yeah. When Luca came back from his little uh, recover from his sprained ankle and lose some weight sabbatical last year, uh, so from January 1st on, he, he came back and he played in uh 44 games the Mavericks are 32 and 12 in those games if if they have that type of record you know extended over uh, an 82 point game and he's you know he'll put up the counting numbers I think he'll have yeah. a good chance he'll have a very good shot if they're top four especially because everybody's been down on him this summer losing Brunson he he's got a chance to have a big narrative push if he uh yeah um if he uh, has them playing like that there's a number of other questions that you had asked but before we go I just want to go over two pretty quick which team had the best offseason? You should check this out, by the way. There's Montem says a lot more in here. Which team had the best uh, offseason in the whole league? Uh, the Celtics, who did the, um, the the Malcolm Brogdon trade and signed Danilo mm-hmm. Gallinari, who unfortunately just suffered a knee injury mm-hmm. in the um, World Cup qualifier. Looks like it's not severe, but you know, Gallinari not as bad as it initially seemed it was going to be. Right. That's for sure. And, you know, Gallinari is injury prone. And so when you sign him, you probably yeah. know you have to deal with an injury. But uh, Celtics get uh, six votes. <laughs> the Utah Jazz got two votes um, because of that Gobert trade. And they haven't even done a Mitchell trade yet. Um, I It was a great trade, although I would just say uh, it's a lot easier to trade stars and acquire them. Uh, so... Um, Credit the Jazz, but the hard part is uh, is replacing the star. But uh, Bontemps, um, the Celtics really being a heavy pick here amongst this sampling. Um, uh, I'm not so sure it was so cut and dry, but I certainly understand they didn't give up any rotation players. To yeah, it, that question sort of fell the way it did because everybody sort of shrugged and said the Celtics. Uh, there wasn't it was kind of a weird summer in that there wasn't a lot of huge mm. movement. There weren't a ton of big free agents available. Most of them resigned with their teams. Um, obviously, Jalen Brunson went to the Knicks, uh, but there wasn't there wasn't some kind of earth shattering move other than the Gobert move, and that one had a lot of people on both sides of it. Um, whereas the Celtics, to your point, yeah. got Gallo and Malcolm Brogdon without giving up any of their top eight players. Right. Yeah, so, the Hawks made a big move to Jante Murray, but I think that one. Similar to Gobert, you know, they didn't give up as much, but there was wow, that they gave up, gave up all, an awful lot. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if you say all in, but it's <laughs> it's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. close mm-hmm. to say that was an all in move. Yeah. All right. Which team had the worst off season? Mm-hmm. Now, Dallas Mavericks had the six votes. We talked about the Mavs on here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the team that finished with this with second um, here, Charlotte Hornets. Hmm. And the reason that they are voted here is not really their actions, but because, you know, arguably their second best player, Miles Bridges was arrested and charged with felonies. And it's not something it's, it's, you know, we have to let the legal process play out obviously, but it's extraordinarily concerning. And this is a guy who I don't know whether he would have gotten a max contract or not, but certainly he would have gotten close to it. They were, you know, the, the horns were prepared to make a major investment in him. 
Um, and now his future as an NBA player is, is, uh, is murky. And, um, you know, it's, it's it, the Hornets have taken a step back um, because of it. It's um, well, and they also had a head coach hiring where the guy that they hire said, eh, you know what? On second thought, I'm cool being an assistant on, on, uh, yes. on the Warriors. He that, took that's... one look at their process and asked out. And that was before the unfortunate events with Bridges um, yeah, and Bridges. Listen, although they ended up with, a, up... they ended up with a good coach. In my opinion, Steve Clifford is a good coach for this. Group. Right. But. Right. But uh, what, what Bridges is accused of and certainly, you know, the evidence that has been uh, out there publicly is just I don't know if this guy's playing ever again in the NBA. I don't know what's going to happen. I think we can all just say it's what's going to happen. It's just very unfortunate. But it's something it's something that had a significant impact in the NBA that. You know, it's just it's not being discussed because it's so upsetting and, and we're unsure. But it is it's a big reality right. for the for the league. Um, yeah. yeah, the simple fact is he he cannot be in the Hornets' plans uh, certainly immediately. Well, I, I don't I don't, don't want to go any farther than just saying you know this is just, it's, it's it's a it's a very upsetting topic. And so, um, but it's it's noted by these executives on on it being one of the, one of the big significant things that happened this mm-hmm. summer, because well, even if to he, Tim's point also looked at them firing James Borrego after they basically improved every year under his tenure, the past few years. And we're like, what sort of what, what direction is this team going in on top of that? It's like, you right. know, what, what are they, what are these guys trying to do? And then as, as he, as Tim also correctly mentioned, you know, yes, they ended up with Steve Clifford, who is a good coach, but it's only after the guy they, chose to be their coach bailed after a few days because he didn't like what was going on there. So, I mean, it, it especially since they have a, a very good young player to build around in LaMelo ball, it's not, it's not a, it, none of that other stuff is good either. A couple mm-hmm. of people said the Nets had the worst off season. Did they? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, I think the Nets kind of <laughs> said they're taking that control of the franchise and succeed. Maybe. I mean, now I, it's well for temporarily at least. I, I don't know. You can argue whether it was actually bad. I can also completely understand why they got votes. And I was honestly surprised they didn't get more votes for just what a yeah. complete dumpster fire it's been, regardless of well, what the actual results are. True. Uh, true. Well, good work on this, Bontemps. I know it took you a few weeks to put this together. You didn't want to, if, if, real quick at the end, I think it's at least worth mentioning uh, the uh, the who's going to win the conferences and finals uh, at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the East, this is not a surprise. The Bucks. So th- th- these guys like the Bucks. They like Giannis. Bucks and Celtics tied, both with seven. Not a single vote. Uh, Miami got one vote. Not a single vote for the Nets or Seventy uh, Sixers. Uh, last the year, the Celtics. Th- last year, the Nets and Lakers had the most votes by a significant amount, and neither one of them won a playoff series. So it's a reminder that this isn't always. One of them won a playoff game. <laughs> True. True. Uh, so I, I hope you scrapped the 10 you talked to last year then and got 15 <laughs> fresh. It's just a reminder that, that you know, it, things look a certain way now. Like nobody thought the Celtics and, you know, a couple of people thought the Warriors might be there, but like Celtics Warriors wasn't exactly a hot pick two years ago. And Phoenix Bucks wasn't exactly, I mean, the, the Suns weren't seen as that kind of team a couple of years ago either. So, you know, we've, we've been in a kind of an interesting spot the last couple of years where teams have sort of come out of nowhere to make these kinds of runs, which we're not used to in the NBA. And then the West, the Clippers, eight votes, just three for the Warriors, mm. defending Warriors, and three for the Suns. Um, None I for mean, the Kings? I, 
Kings. <laughs> I'm, I'm still scrolling. Um, boy, I mean, the, obviously the Clippers' ceiling is high. The ceiling has been high for three, four years now. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm kind of. I mean, you know, uh, I know the Warriors. You know, they they had some things go their way, but you know, they were great far start to finish last year, and when it mattered, they were excellent when it mattered. Um, I would I don't, say they were great I, at the start and the finish. They got, they got when it some tough going in the middle. Yeah. 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 When it mattered, they were great. Um, but the Clippers heavy favorites, also the Clippers favored amongst the voters to win the championship too, over the bucks, um, Celtic bucks yeah. and Celtics both tied for second. Yeah. Um, big, big belief in the, in the Clippers here. Well, I mean, look, they've sort of been the boogeyman hanging over the West for a couple of years now, ever since Kawhi got hurt, but they've just spent the last couple of years amassing all this depth, you know, getting Batum, getting Robert Covington, getting Norman Powell Um, there. They could play virtually every way. Yep. Get John Wall this summer for free, basically. Um, you know, they've got a great coach who's won a championship in Ty Lue. Um, They can play every style. They've got tons of versatile depth. They've got two elite wing players. It, it just, Again, it just comes down to our Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to be on the court. I don't know. Like, well, they have a, they're on the court. They're the favorites. But are they on the court? I don't know. They're headed for a three hundred plus million dollar payroll. They're not in the repeater tax yet. Are, are they the repeater tax? I mean, uh, Palmer's so they, rich. Who gives a crap? What I know. I think they I'm pretty sure they would be this year because they would have signed yeah. Kawhi with cap space in 2019. So in theory, they wouldn't have been in the tax that summer. So then the next three years, this would be the third year in a row. I bet you he has a yacht more expensive than the payroll will be. So well, as I always say, as I always say, Steve Ballmer, actually, depending on what happens with the micro, he's the largest individual uh, stockholder for Microsoft. So depending on what kind of day the Microsoft stock has, his net worth varies by the day on the value of whole NBA teams. And he makes over $700 million a year just in my, forget about any other dividends, just in Microsoft stock dividends. He makes 700 million. That gives him enough cash to just pay for anything he wants to do with the Clippers by itself before you look at anything. So, so I have, uh, I have gotten heat before for pointing out that the Warriors outspend everybody. The Clippers are in the same boat. They are attempting to outspend everybody. And let me just say this about the Clippers. One of the reasons why their upward mobility is interesting. Um, they So Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George make over $40 million, make $43 million a year. But Norm Powell, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, Vitsia Zubac, all make between $10 and $16 million. All of those players... Uh, a lot of them on, you know, Morris only has two years left. Covington has two years. They send an extension, very tradable, but tomb, very tradable years. contracts, uh, Zubac, very tradable contract. Uh, even Terrence Mann, who signed an extension um, that kicks in next year. So he'd be poison pill this year, but they signed him for two years and like 22 million. Yep. All of these contracts are beautifully packageable and tradable. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't care whether he's, you know, like Joe Lacob recently told the athletic, he goes, we can't have a 400 or $500 million payroll. Guess who can't have a 400 or $500 yeah, million Palmer payroll? says we can. Palmer, Palmer can, especially if they don't change any, any rules uh, in the short term with uh, yeah. the luxury tax. So that, and that's the, um, that's the other part of this that's been sort of the looming boogeyman over the league is that there's been all this talk about, Oh, do what, you know, what's going to happen with the Warriors spending this money, you know, teams spending money. And to your point, Brian, the Clippers have been sitting there just 
amassing this war chest of players. You know, last year they didn't make the playoffs. They had no chance to really make the play, make any kind of run because Kawhi was likely never going to come back. They still took on all this money to get Robert Covington and Norman Powell during the season. Yeah. It wasn't like we're going to try to retrench. It was like, no, we're going to add to next year when we got a chance to win a title. So yeah, this this didn't make headlines because it just the Clippers weren't in the in the in the private, yeah. you know, weren't in the. But you know, the Warriors being so having so much money and being able to acquire Andrew Wiggins, which you know was just like, oh my God, how can we, you know, it's just, it's out of our ballpark at the trade deadline. When, um, uh, the, when they traded for Powell and Covington, I was talking to an owner the next day. He is a very wealthy man. He is a multi-billionaire. He was throwing his arms up going, oh my God, like not all billionaires are the same. You know, like he, he just, he's like, I, I can't believe what they're willing to do. And so, you know, certainly that's not going to be the, it's not the reason why the Warriors won the title, but certainly having, being able to have a, uh, you know, a fourth or fifth man like Wiggins um, was a huge, you know, was a significant factor in the Warriors depth and being able to do it. Having the ability on this team to sign all these contracts to set them up and give them depth, you know, they're going to win it because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, if they're going to win it, but having all that depth is a, is a big factor too. So, um, by the way, that's how Bond Timps and I feel when we let you pick a restaurant. We're like, oh, we can't afford that place. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know me and my uh, highfalutin tastes. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm sorry. We're holding McMahon from the from the uh, beer garden there and his steins there, uh, Bond Temps. We have to let him go. Actually, yeah. from from Goldsberries. Goldsberries. Stein. Yeah, Kurt Goldsberry. <clears throat> uh, that's an inside joke. All right. Uh, thank you, Bond Temps. Thank you, McMahon. Enjoy your time in Germany. Thanks to all our producers, Jackson, Bruce, and Andrea. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. Avita Jane. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash hoop.